Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi everyone, on this episode of the podcast I catch up with Forbes co-trainer Marie Smith of Irinka Kennels to have a chat about their great run of form at the moment with star stayer Palawa King and also take a trip down memory lane as to how she got involved in greyhound racing and met Jack, their memories of the great feral Frankie and Jungle Juice and of course the inaugural winner of the 715 Miss Esme. I hope you enjoy this episode. Tell me the story of how you got involved in greyhound racing. Is it um, were you involved in greyhounds before you met Jack, or it wasn't until you met him you sort of um, you know became the the heavily involved participant that you are now? <laughs> definitely, definitely not. I grew up in a little town called Narromine, which is near Dubbo. Oh yeah. And I come to Forbes when I was nineteen to do my registered nurse training. And, uh, yeah, I've been here ever since. So I um, met Jack and, um, yeah, and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, wow. So did he have greyhounds at the time when you first met him? Yes, he's had greyhounds since he was about 14 years of age. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yep. Were you sort of, you know, had you ever watched races or that sort of thing just for interest's sake or, you know, were you ever interested in them? No, no, my father loved racehorses and I used to go to the, um, you know, Narromine and Trangy races occasionally, but that was sort of about about it. Yeah, right. What did you think when he said, oh, I'm a, a greyhound trader? How did that appeal to you? Um, oh, yeah, no, I love animals. So, um, but just something his mother said to me um, when we first sort of started getting together and she said, don't go big, don't let him go big, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately he went big <laughs> I was going to say well it sort of paid off because I mean look where you guys are now <laughs> oh yeah yeah it, it certainly has and and uh you know we we can't be more thankful for yeah the life we've had what about sort of your first memories of, you know, obviously, you know, you, you handle quite a few of them and that sort of thing now and, and trip around with them. But, yeah, what is sort of your, it, you know, was that something that sort of appealed to you? You're like, oh, yeah, I'll get my handler's licence and take them to the track? Um, not really to start with because, I mean, I'm a registered nurse and I did work full-time and so did Jack. He worked as a wardsman and um, worked full-time when we started. A lot of the time we, we just went together and I would just, you know, like catch the dogs and then eventually, yeah, I started handling, put, put them in, got the confidence and, um, and I mean, we're talking, you know, 38 years ago. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, I certainly uh, have got more involved really in the last couple of years. And tell me, where did the name Irinka come from? Um, well, when we bought this place um, where we are now, it was just a 100-acre property and um, one of Jack's workmate, workmate, sorry, at the hospital um, were trying to work out a name and he found, uh, or she, sorry, she found an Aboriginal name for dog in this book and it was Irinka. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, mm. that's a nice little story. 
Yeah, so so that's where that comes from. Yep, and it's just stuck too, hasn't it? I mean, you know, it must be nice now the fact that, you know, if someone hears the, you know, the prefix Irinka, they immediately think of yourself and Jack. Yeah, well, the thing is now, because we do train a lot of dogs, people are like saying, oh, how do we know what dogs to watch for? You know, we always look for the Irinka <laughs> and now we've got to try and work out you know, what dogs you have. Yep, yep. How many dogs have you guys got at the moment? Because obviously, you know, you have pups and everything as well, don't you? Uh, we do. Most of our pups now, we will, but um, yep. they get reared, they get reared at Qdell with uh, for Sandra and Chris Spratt. Yep, yep. And they also get broken in there. So we're getting a bit lazy in our old age. <laughs> <laughs> don't think you've got time. <laughs> Well, that's probably why, because we yeah we're doing all this racing and travelling, and it's um and it's nice to know yeah they're being well looked after, and uh, that's just sort of the next phase of what we're doing really. The first good dog I remember you guys having, and I I was doing some work for the gardens at the time, and I interviewed Jack after the race, and still to this date it it's one of the most amazing come from behind performances I've ever seen was Brad Hill Billy. Um, I think he won a consolation of the blacktop at the gardens. I think it was. And, you know, that was the first, that was the first sort of time I, I took notice of, of Jack and thought, Oh, you know, this, you know, guys are really good trainer to follow and the dog's good to follow. And I mean, the dogs you guys have had to come after him, you know, you just, Look, you go Jungle Juice, Feral Frankie, Miss Esme, now you got Palawa King, Red Hot Frankie, like, are you pinching yourself? Oh, look, just so blessed, really, really just so blessed. Um, yeah, Brad Hill Billy come from Tasmania. Um, Joe and Helen Pringle were friends of ours and they sent him up to us, just a beautiful dog. He comes second in a, um, a golden Easter egg yep. as well. And yep. he's, had a lot of, he's had a lot of support over the years from around this area. Yep. And so he's had a lot of tab winners and uh, never got to the heights of other stud dogs because he just, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many to choose from. But really, with uh, Lindsay and Ellen Nichols and, you know, we go back to Little Digger, Zagatti, you know, um, yeah, Feral, Miss Esme, it's just uh, unbelievable. Just unbelievable to think that people trust us so much with their their special greyhounds. What about the Feral? I mean, he, he quickly just become a, you know, just one of those dogs that people just latched onto and he became a, a cult icon of the sport. And, you know, I just remember the hype around him at the time. How did you guys sort of handle it all? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, you had him and then you had Juice and Esme. So, but he sort of really... I, I guess, put you guys out there as, um, you know, fan favourite trainers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, obviously the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, the starters and then just the way he raced and um, just the most beautiful dog. And and I think, too, um, there was a lot of media, like especially with Dave Stanley and, um, yeah, that sort of thing. So it really, um, yeah, there was a lot sort of going on with him at the time and, and now with his stud career and people are still talking about him. Yep, yep. Well, that's what I was going to say, like, in a stud market, like you said before, that it is hard to stand out him because there's so many good ones. I mean, his impact has just had, you know, it probably hasn't surprised you, but you must be, you know, pretty chuffed with how it's gone because, I mean, he's just throwing winners left, right and centre. 
Yeah, well, actually, Jack, um, someone had messaged Jack today and said he had three winners in Western Australia last night. So, yep. Um, yep. yeah, so, and we haven't actually sold any semen over there because it is too hard to get there. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. Yeah, right. Oh, no, that's, yeah, no, that's really good. Um, then you've got the juice, Jungle Juice, obviously, you know, group one winner. And um, I still got fond memories of that video that Clay sent me with the whole crew and their shirts and just going mental at Wentworth Park. And, you know, obviously, you know, you guys get a, a kick out of seeing owners get that excited. Oh, that was amazing that night. And um, and the GBOTA invited um, them up to the boardroom because they'd won a group one. And I think they sort of um, maybe a couple of hours later, they probably thought, oh, my God, why did we do this? Because <laughs> <laughs> that group had the best time. They were singing and we ended up taking Do Something. Oh, you kidding. Boardroom. <laughs> oh, he had an amazing time. Everyone was feeding him and... Yeah, no, that's no great. awesome. <laughs> and um, obviously, you know, you must be really looking forward to seeing how his pups go as well. I mean, you know, you'd be shocked if he didn't sort of, you know, maybe not emulate what Feral's done so quickly in his stud career, but you'd be shocked if he didn't throw something decent. Oh, let's hope so. We've just, um, so the oldest must be nearly 12 months. Yep. So we've probably still got another six months before we, you know, get good word but people that are just saying how beautiful the pups are yep um and that's a good that's a good thing for for people to be saying yep yep and he's had some um oh just from sort of running my eye over the the litters when I keep an eye on him he's had some you know some already handy producers go to him so you know all going well it um yeah it, it should be a good career for him too Oh, yeah, well, let's hope so. He's a beautiful dog and he did some amazing things on the track. And another lot, like the Deuce family, we call it the Deuce family. Because <laughs> we actually, yeah, are all very close and, oh, it's just a different, um, like, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter who you who wins or how much you win, but to see other people get such joy and pleasure and, and the change of their lifestyle because... Of the greyhounds, it's amazing. Yep, yep. Um, how do they handle retirement? I, I've seen, you know, a couple of videos that sort of float around on socials every now and then of mainly the feral just um, living it up and, and running around and being the character that he is. But, yeah, w like what do they sort of get up to on a daily basis? Oh, well, usually we just um, give them a run in the slip, not a full slip, but just to keep them active and... Um, yeah, they're on a they're on a um, racing diet. <laughs> um, just to want to keep them nice and um, you know strong and yeah, um, they're really treated like race dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go to the races. Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's something that you know, pretty much every stud master has said to me. They said, you know, we like to to keep the dogs like you just said, fit and you know, in good shape. Because you know, they said if you know, we just let them be lazy and and overweight and that, then you know, it's probably not going to do their their semen any good. No, no. So, and everyone's got a bit of an different idea on how they should be looked after. Yep. You know, different vets, different, um, I suppose, stud masters. But just um, just from trying different things, we just find that Feral and Deuce are happier just doing that, what we do. Yep, 
Yep. And it's, you know, it's just like their normal routine. So they wouldn't really know any different. And, you know, that's it, what keeps them happy. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, now I've been trying to contain myself to, before I get to Miss Esme because I know you've obviously got other dogs in your kennel, but I, I can't believe her pups are six months old now. Like that's just gone so quick and I'm just busting to see them get to the track. But, you know, I was lucky enough to, to be there with you when she won the inaugural 715 and yeah, I mean, like, I've heard many interviews of you talking about her, but, you know, she was obviously just so special and to win a race like that and win it for the first time, I mean, can you put into words how good that was? Um, I still, I look at her, actually, um, Newcastle Greyhound's done a beautiful photo um, and, I, and it's in the kennels just where we do the food preparation and I don't know how many times I look at it and I just shake my head and think, she won $500,000 in one race. That is just <laughs> unbelievable. Like, yep. how does that happen? And, you know, and you were there to catch her in the heat and you were there to catch her in the final. And, yeah, it was very special to me too to um, for you to be there and congratulate me and have our photo taken and, Yeah. <laughs> I um I I don't think I stopped crying. I went to bed crying, and then the owners, the girls, rang me in the car on the way home. They were crying. Then I started again, and I said, "What are you doing to me?" I said, "I've never cried this much in my life." <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's just so. She's just a beautiful. She's just a beautiful girl. Yep. And, um, yeah, and it was just yeah. It, it's just unbelievable to think the industry's come that that far that they've got this sort of prize money and, you know, it can just change people's lives. Yep, yep. No, definitely. Oh, I mean, you know, sort of five, ten years ago, who would have ever thought, you know, we've got half a million dollar races, million dollar races, the Brisbane Cup's just about to be worth, what, 650000 Like, it's just insane. Mm. Oh, it sure is. We're going ahead in leaps and bounds and, you know, whether it's Victoria, New South Wales or Queensland. I mean, I know people have issues with different, parts of the racing but honestly I just look at um how much money you can win yep and just the lifestyle that you can have yep and how it does change people's lives is just amazing yep that's actually that's a good segue into your post-race interview after Palawa King won last week and speaking of crying I think that's the first time I've ever seen you cry I I was watching it and I, you know, I was like, oh God, here I go again. I'm going to start to well up now. I've never seen you so emotional. And, you know, you were talking about obviously, you know, what, like you just said before, how that sort of money from a race like that can, can change lives and it changed the owner's lives. And yeah, was, um, why was that win so special for you? Was it that connection with the owners? Oh, of course. And Wendy and John, well, Errol, Errol, John, he's got two names, a bit like Raymond and Jack, <laughs> I don't know who we're talking about. But, yeah, Errol and John bought our old house about 30 years ago. So we actually bought that house off John Finn yep. and then they ended up buying it off us. And oh, it's got a right. Yeah, and so we've been friends through the Greyhounds for, you know, 30 years. Yep. And they've, just, they've been through the floods last year. They've, their house got flooded twice. Yeah, right. They're, they're so resilient. Nothing ever worries them and they've just t sort of taken it in their stride. They've nearly got their house um, repaired and um, and I just know what it means to them. I just knew what it meant to them and um, 
and that's what made me so emotional. Yep, yep. I, I mean, obviously, you know, he he come third in the in the seven fifteen, which you know, again, was a f- fantastic run, and you know, picked up good money. But there's just so many for you guys. There's so many good things associated with this dog. Like you just said, the owner, he's by feral Frankie. Like, there's just so many good connections for you guys with him. Oh, and you know what? He is just the most beautiful dog. I he know. Just travels, he's he just travels well. <laughs> he's he's just a good looker. <laughs> oh, he's just amazing. Are you making the trip up again tomorrow night? No, Jack's already. He's nearly arrived at Pittsworth. So, oh, right. Um, he'll stay the night there, and then yep. just you know give the the dogs um, you know, just a quiet morning, and then he'll head up to Albion Park tomorrow afternoon. Yep. And then back to Pittsworth and then home again on Friday. So it's a, like a three-day, um, really, um, yeah, journey. It's massive. And that's what I mean. Mm. You'd have to be a good traveller to handle those sort of kilometres and, and, you know, come out and run a 710 because it's not easy. No, that's right. But, yeah, um, yeah no, he's just, um, he's, no, he's just amazing. He really is an amazing dog. What do you make of the race tomorrow night? Obviously, there's only the four dogs in it, so hopefully he'll get, you know, nice clear air. But, yeah, how do you see him going um, against that field? Well, as I said yesterday, there's four less that he can run into. So that's, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, I mean, of course, helped. we all want, you know, you wouldn't be in a race if you didn't want to win it. Yep. Um, we're just Obviously, everyone wants, yeah, we're just hoping, yeah, it goes well, so... Yep. We'll just keep this, um, I don't know, just the love going. Who else have you got in your kennel that you're um, you're pretty excited about um, sort of coming up at the moment? Yeah, there's a nice girl called Miss McGraw. Yep. Uh, she's just learning, of course, yeah. Um, and there's another dog called Royal Nenga. Yep. Belongs to Dennis Barnes. Yep. Um, we've got a, a girl that she's been come on season. Actually, it was for the gar- the maiden at the gardens. Um, asked you, and she come on season, and then she's got injured. She's just um, yeah, hopefully not far away from having a start. So she's pretty exciting. Yeah, nice, nice. No, very good. Um, do you have a favourite race of all time that you guys have won? Oh my goodness. Um, Oh, golly, we've won so many. We've just been, yeah, as I said, I know people probably think, oh, yeah, we've won so much, but <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just so blessed, really, just so blessed to be in the races that we've been in and, um, you know, just the excitement, like just being in the Phoenix and all the lead-up to the yep. Phoenix, that was such a special race. Yep, yep. Um, being the chosen dog and, um, oh, just so many, yeah. I think Farrell winning the regional race because he fell in the semi of the um, million dollar race. Yep. yep. And then next week to come out and win the the regional race, that yep. was that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. I um, I've never heard a cra- I, I was was it that no that wasn't at Wentworth Park that race was it? Yes. It was yes. it. Is that yeah? Because yep. is that where he come from behind? And I think I could hear through the TV the crowd roaring. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that one. Yep, that still gives me goosebumps every time I watch that. I'll pull that out yeah. of the archives every now and then when I want a bit of a boost. And, yeah, it, it, when you can hear a crowd through a, a phone speaker, you know they were loud. 
Yes, yeah, no, that was amazing that night. Yep. Um, I know, obviously, you know, well, you are because you said I've seen you say it on social media that you know you're the number one trainer of, of your um kennels, and <laughs> <laughs> so I will ask you, like, you know, just based on your experience for anyone, you know, whether they want to become, you know, obviously, like yourself, you, you're very much hands on with the handling and that sort of thing. Has there been any sort of a, you know, advice that you've picked up over the years? Yeah, you know, it can be from Jack or someone else you've you've interacted with that you know has helped you. Oh, um, Jack's perfect. He's a great trainer. <laughs> I'm the best apprentice, and as long as I do what I'm told, I'm okay. <laughs> so so I, know my, I know my place. <laughs> but, I mean, I, don't, I can't give any um, advice to anyone. All I can say is if you want to get into greyhounds, it's such a good family thing to do. Yep. And, yeah, just just talk to people, just ring one of the trainers and just get as much information as you can. Yep, yep. Just learn learn everything you can and then work out what's best for you. Do you get nervous when you're handling, you know, I'm probably more referencing the, the big races here, like, you know, before the, you know, the 7.15 or even last week, do you get nervous at all? I do in different ways. Yep. I think it just depends... I don't know. I suppose what's at stake, or um, yeah, not nervous that I can't that like I can't control myself, but I just feel a little bit of pressure, I suppose. Yep, yep. Yeah. I, I just hear people say, "Oh, you know, try not to get nervous because it can sort of feed into the dog, and they can sort of sense that you're a bit nervous." And you know, I I guess that's something that you know. You try not to be too nervous, but it's hard sometimes when you sort of know what race you're stepping out in. Yeah. And I think when you're the favourite, you've sort of got that little bit more pressure on you. Yep. Which you shouldn't really have. I mean, you know, things happen in a race, no matter whether you're the favourite or what you are. Things things do happen. Yep. Yep. And, yeah. What do you find to be the hardest thing um hardest thing about what you guys do is it is it the extensive travel involved no 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 we just work it out who's who's going where what you know what's the best for the dogs really it's not really what's the best for us yep um the only thing is when melissa that's it you know their kids were smaller it was not being able to go on holidays together yeah right that was probably about the only thing that ever was like I thought, you know, it was missed out on a little bit there, but then we've picked up in other ways, like, you know, the friendships that have been formed over the years with the greyhounds and... Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what, you know, I, I try and reiterate to people, reiterate, sorry, to people that um, it is a huge commitment, um, like you just said, especially if you've got a, you know, a young family or you're trying to juggle work and, and that sort of things with the dogs, you know, you got to be really passionate and, and love them and, you know, that sort of thing to, you know, to want to make a go of it basically. Yeah, that's right. And as I said, when we both worked, had the dogs, we reared for a living back then. So yep. um, it, it was, yeah, it was extremely busy. But then the girls ended up involved in it anyway sort of yep. thing. You know, when they were younger, they'd help and um as i said and it's a good family thing to do you can go to the races together yeah that's right that's right and you know clubs are sort of you know trying to well you know i know from a gbo 
perspective we're trying to get you know sort of the youngsters and that engaged a little bit more have activities for the family that sort of thing and you know because it's not easy to keep kids entertained and yeah that's right and you want them to want to go as well that's right yep yep well dad sort of dad sort of forced me to go but I ended up um I ended up loving it anyway and sort of there was nothing sort of back then you know for kids to what there is now but um yeah no you're right it is um it is important to make sure that yeah we think about the youngsters and the kids especially the little youngsters that can get their handlers license at like you know 12 I wish you know that was around back when I was that age because I just remember I was counting down the days I was busting till I was 14 and you know could get my catcher's license and yeah because you just yeah you feel a part of it all you just get so excited and yeah well, we just need the young. We've got to encourage the young to um, to move into being trainers because you know so many of us we're getting older. Yeah. And if we can have the young coming through, then yeah, obviously uh, we're in trouble. Yep. Yep. Last question. Um, again, it, it might be one you can give me multiple answers to, but is there a race that you know you'd love to win that you guys haven't managed to to claim yet? Oh, I mean, geez, wouldn't it be amazing to win a million-dollar race? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've won you half a million. Isn't that the next step? <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't want to win that. But, um, yeah, we've, we, as I said a hundred times, we've been extremely blessed and um, we've been given some lovely dogs to train and, yeah, we... Yeah, we're just happy with what, what we do and yep. that's about all. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook. Mm-hmm.